You are listening to the 108 Bricks podcast. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at 108 Bricks Pod and get involved with the conversation using the hashtag 108 Bricks. Also, be sure to go ahead and follow us on Facebook too. Go ahead and give us a like. And we post the latest Cubs news and updates right there, and you can get involved with each show on Facebook and Twitter. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the 108 Bricks Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dylan Buckwhite. And I am the other of the hosts, Curtis Koch. We nailed it that time. How we many did. episodes have we gone of like, we've at least gone like five or six straight of just absolutely butchering our <laughs> intro. <laughs> but you know what? It works out though in the long run. It's, it's, it seems like. It's almost like a me, running gag at this point. Yeah, but it seems like after we get past the intro part, everything else is great. You yeah, I mean? pretty we much. Don't, we don't have that sounds any, about right. We don't have any issues outside of <laughs> the rest of it. Um, Minus but, my microphone at some points. but Yeah, but other than that, <laughs> we're, we're, we're solid. Um, so, here we are again with the Cubs playing pretty good and wait, hold, hold a certain be, series be, against a certain team coming up <laughs> the day after we record the episode. I know exactly where you're going with this. And before... And I was actually just going to mention, before we dig too deep into it, uh, we should apologize because we've we ruined actually, everything. We, we <laughs> ruined everything the last week. Here we are saying, oh, yeah, we expect them to take at the least two, maybe three or four games in that series against the Reds. Nope. Get freaking swept. Just straight blown swept. And uh, that sucks because now, uh, I mean, that, that could have really been a jump start to possibly be in first place over Milwaukee right now. Looking Basically, back on we it. had to crawl back. If you look at the NL Central standings right now, the Cubs are one game back from Milwaukee, which, ironically enough, was the exact situation they were in the last time we recorded. Yeah. Um, it pretty much just all of our hopes and dreams just got crushed. That was a rough weekend. I'm not going to lie. That was a real rough weekend watching that series. Yeah. And then they flew out to L.A., Another rough series, but managed to find a way to split against the, a real good Dodgers team. After after playing them really well at home, the Dodgers went on a t- little bit of a tear, and I honestly thought the Cubs were just going to keep losing. But they managed to split the four games in L.A., took the series, the season series from the Dodgers, which is always fun to see. I honestly, like, realistically, a Dodgers-Cubs NLCS for the third time in a row is pretty legitimate possibility oh yeah of course um the other thing that's a a very legitimate possibility too is um just looking around the world of baseball um and looking at this division the brewers look like they're a legitimate playoff possibility too and i a lot of people that i've talked to have kind of written off the brewers but for whatever reason i i've kept saying no this this team is pretty good and we'll we'll get more into the brewers later on um but they're a team that's definitely on the rise, and uh, like I said, we'll get more into like what we think they'll probably want to do at the deadline and everything like that. But regardless of that, um, let's dive into some of the newer, newer news that we've seen this week out of the Cubs front. And the first thing that we should really start off with is um, Victor Carantini getting surprisingly kind of called up, although not fully surprisingly because 
Chris Jimenez. I was going to say, I don't think it's much of a surprise instead of a long time coming. Well, um, there wasn't like any really specific signs that, uh, to be honest, I was surprised they sent him down in the first place um, because he was tearing it up in AAA last year. And then he comes in this year after getting sent down earlier on this when year. I'm not, he wasn't incredible, but he wasn't great when he was on the majors. And I even talked about this. I just love to see him get more time. It seemed like almost they brought up Chris Jimenez just because maybe some weird you Darvish thing. But I was thinking that they called up Chris Jimenez because they thought Darvish was going to be back. And they thought that possibly that if he comes back working with Jimenez might get his confidence up and then there's another setback and everything like that, um, which after we recorded, and we didn't mention this last week, um, at least I don't think, I don't I don't quite remember, but there was an article that came out in the LA Times, I believe, that referenced Darvish before heading into this free agency or before being traded to the Dodgers that he, he basically to... did not want to stay in LA. Well, no, he did, not that he didn't want to stay in LA, but like he contemplated about retiring. And <laughs> the, the whole issue was is like, because, and then it, it like really hit him after the season was over because, you know, his kids go to school and, you know, the whole world series performance stuff didn't really go over well with him. And, um, now granted a lot of this can be kind of like lost in translation because of the, obviously the, the language barrier, but I, I think that it seems to me, and I think a lot of other Cubs fans would kind of agree. Like when you see a report like that come out and you're seeing these, um, supposed, parts of uh darvish speaking about how he is you know struggling and he's looking for um you know some sort of way to kind of get out of that little strut then he gets signed with the cubs but then when you read go back and read the whole thing you get kind of worried as a cubs fan because now you're like well well why did the cubs make this signing if if he's kind of proved to be such kind of a fragile sort of personality despite the fact that of his success in the big leagues and I don't know if it was just like maybe the the, the culture because Don I know you can kind of speak to this too because we've seen this a lot with uh, specifically Japanese players and even Ichiro Suzuki spoke about it too about how you know the the culture baseball culture in Japan is like you have to be you know repetitious and you have to do it you know the right way and do it this way and all that um, but when you don't do too well like the pressures can really kind of build up on you. So that's why when you see these talented Japanese players come over, um, I think they feel kind of the extra pressure of playing at the best competition in all of the world when it comes to baseball. And then that just gets a little bit too much. And, you know, Daisuke Matsuzaka didn't have a, a great career. I mean, he did for like the first, what, year or two? Mashihiro well, Tanaka. Well, had always been a really dominant pitcher in the majors up to pretty much that World Series. Like, it's... It's especially different now, like, I think, the expectation-wise with the contract Darvish got, the team he's on, especially the situation that the Cubs are in, was very high pressure. Like, yeah, but, but what I'm getting you're at You're expected is, to be a huge winner in, in Chicago nowadays. Yeah, but what I'm getting at is that when you're looking at, you know, the, the, that whole thing, you, you might, especially because of Darvish's background playing baseball in Japan, you know, not performing well at the highest level probably add in an extra sort of anxiety. Cause I know when Ichiro Suzuki talked about playing baseball, there were times where if he didn't, if he went like a day for like, Oh, for four or like back-to-back games of like, Oh, for three, oh, yeah. that he would get super depressed and like his anxiety would get really to the best of him. And, um, 
you know, now he's got a different role. Of course, he's not really playing baseball, but he's still on the team, which is a, a little weird situation there. But um, I love it. They just, yeah, like, but, they just let that man do whatever he wants, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, it that's kind of like what I'm. I don't know if that's part of it, but um, that it's definitely an interesting factor there um, that Darvish yeah. is kind of dealing with. And it's interesting to see what happens when he comes back. Obviously, we it wasn't he hasn't really met uh expectations fully i guess is the the kind way of putting it yeah uh, so far and now with these injuries and the big contract we have for him it's like okay well let's hope he comes back healthy and is able to pitch well i i'm more than happy letting him take as much time as he needs make sure he's 100 percent and ready to go by the time he gets to the big leagues we have a lot a lot more you Darvish left in the future. No point yeah. in ruining it now. And I think the front office and management see that as well. And they're, they're giving him as much time as he needs and whatever, um, just whatever, uh, available are being put into him to make sure that he is fully 100% ready to go. And it'll be interesting. Cause you know, when he comes back, all eyes are going to be on him. That pressure is going to be on. It's going to be a pretty big deal to see, well, what's you Darvish going to do after his first time back from this injury? And so mm-hmm. who knows? It'll be fun to see. It seems like the Cubs are surviving pretty well without him. Obviously, it would be nice to have him back. But at the same time, it's like, well, we're pretty good without him. Hopefully, we'll be even better with him back. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some interesting moves to be made with the rotation. But it, it seems to be he's on pace for a late June or a late July return. Maybe we'll see a start from him in July. Probably early uh, August would be the best bet. As long as he's ready to come down the line and, and ready for that postseason run, that's that's really when it's going to matter. That's really when the pressure is going to be on, and hopefully he'll be 100% by then. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on, though, we just talk about another starting pitcher that's been going through his own struggles, and that's Kyle Hendricks. Um his first innings have been really uncharacteristic of him. And I think part of it is his mechanics. That's what I want to say. That's like what I've been watching. That's kind of like what it looks like. At least that is that his mechanics are kind of getting to the best of him. And he's not, I I guess it just kind of falls off balance. I don't know what it is, but I think there's something mechanically there. And then on top of the struggles, maybe a little bit of a mental struggle too, but I know Hendricks is a very like, straightforward guy who pretty much you know even like the littlest um or even like the biggest things i should say don't bother him and that can be kind of a question at times of as to whether or not um as to whether or not he can you know keep that turnaround or hopefully make that turnaround going forward but the definitely the biggest thing for him though is that if he can start locating his pitches better and just get out of that first inning he'd be fine i think that's going to take a little bit of a, a get used to. And I think this all-star break might be a, a good thing for him because normally if guys really struggle in the first half, especially starting pitchers, they spend a lot of time looking back and trying to turn things around and eventually um, going back and fixing things. And uh, I know that'll definitely be a thing that Hendricks is going to look at going forward. Um, Honestly, it's just that first inning for me. Like, he, as but going into the game uh, the other day, he had a 7.88 ERA in the first inning. Yeah, and just in the first I don't know what the exact number is now, but it had to have gone up after he gave up another couple runs in inning one. 
And other than that little hiccup, it's been weird because he seems to just sort of settle in over time. And then we get a decent start from him, even though he's still only going about five innings at best. It's just if, he, if he's able to get past that first inning, settle in, and once he's able to settle in and really, and really show his stuff, then it's we get good starts from him. But until he's able to get past that, we're not going to see really any quality starts and long inning games from him. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's going to be a big contributing factor going forward is that if he can turn around in this, here's the thing that I think will really help the Cubs in the second half. If John Lester can keep the the way that he's pitching this year, and specifically if Kyle Hendricks and you, and, um, and excuse me, Jose Quintana become just super, super consistent and dominant in the second half, the Cubs are going to go on their tear like they normally do and, and probably win this division um, how they did last year. Um, but regardless, though, that's that's the big concern, I think, besides the whole Darvish and Chatwood struggles, because that's been documented and talked about for a while now. Um, for me, this is probably the biggest surprise for me this season. Um, more, I think more so than... Uh, um, Wilson Contreras' earlier struggles, but he's been hot as of late, so that's not really a big concern for me as of right now. But Hendricks trying to get out of the first inning is is my concern right now, trying to get him into his groove that we normally have seen him. Yeah, it's it's just an interesting situation. And let's just talk about the whole pitching situation since we're on the topic. It's like our rotation has been, I think the least I, I it hasn't met expectations i think it, per se i i think the way all the pitchers like minus john lester have been underperforming in a sense we're still getting good starts from them but the pitchers so far i think other than john lester uh his last start the other day it went they went like six or seven games straight of without uh of no quality starts which is not what you want to be seeing out of your well starting yeah pitchers. and with the with the starters recent struggles i mean you would look at the 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 week's worth of games on a bullpen was in shambles at one point well yeah and when you look at the week's worth of a week's worth of games like a few weeks ago before the cubs went on this win streak you'd look at it and you'd say okay through this week the cubs have facing two okay teams like we could look at the the Dodgers and uh the Reds as an example um or we can even team go that farther. shall not be named yeah <laughs> or we could go farther back and look at different teams where they played in the series and you know you'd have Mike Montgomery going okay we we might be able to get a win there and then you'd have Chatwood oh okay we if we can get through his walks that's you know that's okay we can maybe pull out a victory there but that's all dependent upon again his walks uh, you know, Quintana and Hendricks, you know, can they, what are we going to see out of them? Are they, is Hendricks going to turn it around? But then you look at when John Lester was starting and be like, okay, you know what? We'll probably get a good start. We have a him. solid chance. Yeah, of winning we, and then we have game. a solid chance to win the game. And that's not a good sign. If you're a Cubs fan and you're in that starting rotation, because you have one out of your five starting pitchers that you can at least rely on to give you a good outing. And you have to have questions about the other guys going forward. That's not a good thing to have. So that's why I think, in order for the Cubs to be successful in the second half and to win the division and maybe make it back to the NLCS like we kind of hope they will and back to the World Series, we have to have better second half from Hendricks and Jose Quintana, and I think they'll be fine. I think they can work around the the whole you Darvish and Tyler Chatwood struggles. 
um, which I haven't even seen how many walks Chatwood is at this season. Um, a lot. I, mean, a I lot. know it's a lot, but I don't know the exact number because I know he pulled it up a, a few weeks ago. Um, but, you know, having at least some sort of consistency will be very key. 66 so far. Oh, is it really? 66. Oh, man. 11 more and he'll match the amount he had in 2017. Yeah, that's insane. That is so. insane. Uh, but let's... Hey, maybe he'll have an incredible second half and won't even come close to that number. Wow, huh? We'll take that, right? It's like I just said something like that. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, we can we can, we can pray. We can pray. Right? That's yeah. the one thing. Pray to the baseball gods that something <laughs> Seriously. will turn around at some point. But, well, and it's interesting, too, is another name I want to bring up, and, and since we're talking about this pitching, um, is Drew Smiley, who... <laughs> Yeah, we forgot no, all was, about him until just recently. Yeah, it, which is definitely a guy the Cubs picked up over the offseason um, who went through Tommy John surgery on the 60-day DL but is expected to come back around All-Star break, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure what the exact day is on that, but we could probably be seeing a second-half appearance from him, and that's another lefty yeah. in the bullpen. Or even in the rotation, if they decide to use him like that. My guess is he's not going to be in the rotation. But if he's able to perform up to standards, that'll open up the door to move Mike Montgomery to a permanent starting role. And possibly even move Chet Wood to the bullpen. I think the most ideal situation for the Cubs pitching would be Darvish returns and his full strength and is able to pitch well. Kyle Hendricks gets over his woes. John Lester keeps putting on a Cy Young performance this year. Uh, um, Jose Quintana just fixes those few minor things he has wrong going for him and is able to keep putting up quality starts. Michael Montgomery turns into the beast of a pitcher and is like the new Jake Arrieta. And then Drew Smiley is a beast from the pen and Chatwood is done walking people and only has to pitch like two or three innings now. And really, that's like ideal situation of that's how to fix our team without having to make any trades. Now that yeah. can all change come the deadline, but I think like if you're a Cubs fan and you're looking at the current situation with the Cubs, I think that's probably the most ideal outcome you're going to want to see from the this team come post all-star break and, and going down the line into uh, August and September is you want to see him start, start to really fix those things that are going wrong, start going on more of a roles like they've been doing, winning six straight, winning more series, and keeping the pressure on the Brewers. Because I think now we're going to start seeing is, okay, does this Brewers team have what it takes to hang? They yeah, were a good exactly. team at the, at the All-Star break last year. And then and they started to slowly fizzle away while the Cubs heated up. Well, last year around this time, the Brewers had a nice five to six game lead in the Central. Now it's not even close. It's a one-game lead, and that can completely change by the time the All-Star break rolls around. Let's see if they can keep it up for the second half because, really, the Cubs have been nothing but the Cubs. They're above 500. they They're playing a lot better than they did last year, although they do have some problems. They're going to keep doing this. Yeah, it's That's the expectation. I don't, I don't see any outcome where the Cubs aren't just going to like, yeah, they'll slump here and there, but where the Cubs aren't just going to be like suddenly go on six straight where they, they knock in 10 runs in four games in a row. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how they roll. And exactly. it's up to the Brewers to hang with that. Mm-hmm. And it should be interesting to see how it turns out. I like having competition in the Central. I hope it keeps up. 
the, the Cubs fan in, in me wants the Brewers just to tank and the Cubs just blow it away, but who knows? It, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of outcomes. There's a lot of baseball to be played. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I, I think the expectations are there. I think the the ideal situations are there. There's a lot of different paths they can take, but um, I said mine. I don't know if you had any other different outcomes to that. I don't know if um, you see any blockbuster trades no, happening. I, I really agree with you, but I'm just looking at in general because um, the I'll get, I'll get into more like trade stuff when we get to the Brewers because in terms of this team, I would be really surprised if they got a starting pitcher because the last several years, except I think I mentioned this last week too, with the exception of the Aroldis Chapman trade, the Cubs have traded for starting pitching. Um, and it, it's, which is again, fine. And I mentioned this last week too, but you don't want to make that your need every single year. And that's why they signed you Darvish because they wanted to fill out the rotation and everything like that. So they wouldn't have to trade for starting pitching. Um, to be honest, I don't think the Cubs really need to make any single trades. Um, if they really wanted to get a, another guy, like another starting pitcher, because they were worried about, you know, you Darvish recovering from, you know, this injury or what whatnot, you know, then maybe you do. I, I, then I don't know. But I, I really don't think the Cubs need to worry because, like you were saying, Drew Smiley can come back. Granted, we don't know how he's going to be, but that makes Montgomery your rotation guy. And then you can see what you have out of Smiley out of the bullpen just to get him some action. And then that could play into a factor going down the road. If, you know, if, if Tyler Chatwood is going to continue with his struggles too. Yeah. I, I don't see much of a, a reason to make any trades. Um, but I do think it'll be worth noting that, that they should, they'll probably, at least in my opinion, if they are going to make a trade that they'll probably get an extra arm in the bullpen. Um, we've seen how often Joe has, been using the bullpen especially if the starters have a rough time and um just having one extra guy in the bullpen to eat up some innings or eat up some outs and stuff like that would be i think huge for this team going forward just to get more guys a day's worth of rest here or there um but brandon morrow has been really good as the closer um you know all aspects of this team pedro strope has been really really solid for the cubs like really good for the cubs this year um i haven't been as frustrated with him than I have in a year's past where it just seems like he doesn't have it some nights, but I mean, he's been really good and consistent for the Cubs. Um, he's been consistent his whole career actually. Um, but even more so just, you see all of that going forward. And, um, that's really the key for the Cubs is just having maybe one extra arm in the bullpen to get you through, you know, a long grind of the second half of the season, but I don't see them giving up, you know, a, a big name position player to get that guy. Um, no, to, to I think that's guy. what's the the hardest part for the Cubs is we've pretty much expended our um, our pool of uh, prospects pretty much. Yeah. And so getting a another piece to the bullpen or another piece that they may need, will you'll have to give up a major league guy. Yeah. Pretty much, plain and simple, you'll have to give up a major league guy. And, and only, I'm not sure see... what the Cubs are going to want to do. It's interesting because, like. Usually around this time, around the All-Star break, you start to really see like the emergence of what teams are, are possibly going to be buyers, what teams are going to be sellers, who needs what. Like For the Brewers, example, or, uh, for example, like they're probably going to be going after a starting pitcher. That's pretty simple. They may go after Machado, but I think they may be gunning for one of the Mets starting pitchers or they're going to find, another, uh, find a way to get a top-of-the-line starter from them. Whereas yeah. the Cubs, on the other hand, it, it's... It's interesting because we really don't know what we need. Like, 
it's been pretty solid so far. Obviously, you said like they can maybe need another bullpen guy, maybe even go after uh, a potential fifth starter, something small. But you don't know, like maybe you don't know, like anything could happen. Addison Russell can get hurt. Javi Baez could get hurt. Um, you can have a hole in the outfield. So there's a lot of outcomes where we don't know. It's like, okay, well, as of now, I, I'd say the Cubs don't really need anything. I think the, they're lined up to have a solid lineup for the rest of the year and shouldn't really spend any any resources that they're really already short on to try to get a guy to finish out this year because I think their team's solid enough as it is. Yeah. Um, especially if the the pieces that need to fall into place fall into place, there's a good shot they have another chance at the series again if they're playing up to expectation. Now, anything can happen. Let's say Chris Bryant isn't feeling great still and there's a hole at third base uh, that isn't able to be filled then you may need to go out and try to find a way to get a third baseman or something like that. And so really, we're only going to see what the Cubs really need at the deadline. And frankly, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Cubs just didn't make a move at all. Like it, mm-hmm. it just wouldn't surprise me if Theo meets up with, uh, with, with Jed and Joe right before the deadline to go over their needs. And they're like, yeah, we're fine. Like maybe someone, will, unless we get like some crazy offer where we give up like a piece of dust for Manny Machado, like we'll do it. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, I don't see them needing anyone right now. And yeah, maybe that'll all change, but maybe not. But it, it's it's weird saying that because usually we're always like, oh, then they'll need to get a closer. They'll need to get a new starting pitcher. But I think all those pieces are there for them to really have a extremely high caliber team. It's just a matter of those pieces falling into place. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. But uh, with that being said, uh, we could before we get into the brewers like we were meant like we were teasing earlier um this morning um we're recording this on thursday by the way this morning they were releasing the all-star ballots and uh currently wilson Contreras is the national league leader um in fan votes um again this was earlier thursday morning but with 1,683,686 votes and buster posey had 1,675,468 votes Javi Baez was making a late push, and I think his performance earlier this week with stealing home and everything, the way he's just God, been I hope so it electric him over just... the top. It's funny because we're recording this, and there's like less than five hours, so yeah. I, I'd say go out and vote. But by the time you guys listen, we're gonna know what the outcome yeah, exactly. is. I don't know if those, um, I don't know if that race is gonna be like announced if we'll get the final vote tonight or if we're gonna have to wait till tomorrow. But yeah, who knows? I, I'm really hoping to see it. Uh, it's fun seeing stuff like this come down to the wire and yeah, Wilson Contreras took the late lead. Hopefully he can hold on to that. I'd love to see Javi Baez out there, but just got to go out there and vote and hope it comes down to, uh, (laughs) okay. It'll come down to the end. That's for sure. Only three, 300,000 is not a large number to make up. If you're spamming those 34 votes a day or 34 and everyone else is spamming their 34 votes, it should be fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, I totally agree. I think that'll be at the very least. I, I can't see Javi not getting selected. Yeah, and, and I I'm also want to see like I think John Lester has put up a good case to being uh either part of the bullpen or even a possible starter for the All Star game. Yeah, I don't like, think I don't think there's a chance that he doesn't make it. I think he's earned the right. And the thing with pitching is that I think the coaches pitch or pick the pitchers. Yeah, the coaches and pick it. um, so that'll be. 
I'm I, if he doesn't he'll make, make it, game, I don't know I if he'll be the starter. He definitely, I think he deserves to be it, but yeah. And if he and if he makes it great, but you know, I was looking at the Cubs schedule post All Star break, and I wouldn't be opposed if John Lester doesn't play in the All Star game, just because I was thinking about this before and just looking at the Cubs schedule and thinking to myself, how are they going to line this up their rotation after the the break here? And I was looking at it because they have. Let's see. They have a doubleheader on the Saturday, the 21st, against the Cardinals after That's the All-Star last. break. So that would probably result in the Cubs having to call up a guy to fill in that hole. So if John Lester doesn't pitch in the All-Star game, it's not the end of the world because if he pitches an inning and he throws you know 20 or 30 pitches again, that's probably not a big deal anyways. But I'd rather have a fully rested John Lester to go game one on the 19th and then you could decide what you want to do about the rest of the series because they're going to be playing the Cardinals five games in four days. So that's going to be interesting for that upcoming series. But I would be opposed, like I said. There's a lot of Cubs Cardinals coming up in the month of July. Yeah, so I wouldn't be opposed, like I said, to see what's what's going on there. But, but yeah, I don't think it's it's a a bad thing, to say the least. Um, No. Definitely not a bad thing, but yeah. But uh, anyway, it, so that's it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's it'll be interesting. That's the All Star voting and all that sort of jazz. But um, wrapping up the show today, um, we hinted we're at not going to talk about the Cubs. No, but we're, I think we should talk <laughs> about it anyways because it does involve I think the Cubs' strategy at the deadline. I think, mm-hmm. and that is the Milwaukee Brewers' plans and. Dylan, you you said it earlier, and I was going to totally agree with you on this, is that the Brewers just need a number one starting pitcher. Yep. And I think the Brewers and the Mets are the perfect match for something like this. And, you know, I, I'm looking at the, the Brewers' top prospects, and I'm looking at the Mets' top prospects, and if the Mets really wanted to just blow it up and start over, first off, I feel bad for baseball in general because – when you have a bunch of teams that are going through this rebuild or going through a rebuild, you have the White Sox, the Phillies were rebuilding, but they're kind of a, a little bit ahead of schedule. Same with the the Braves too. Um, but when you have a bunch of teams that are going through this rebuild, the Rangers are kind of going through like a retooling re, you know, phrase. The Astros did it a few years ago. You don't get a lot of popularity with baseball because, you know, who wants to go see your, your home team lose 100 games? You know, it it's it kind of sucks in that case, especially when you don't know how the future is going to hold yet. But regardless, I look at the Brewers' prospects, and I think they have a, a lot to offer the Mets. And I think if you're the Brewers and your team is playing this well so far, and they're they have the best record in the National League, I'd say go for it. You know, see yeah. what the see what the Mets asking well, price especially is. Especially if it's close at, at the All Star break, why not? Why yeah. not try to all in? Especially when you have a, a a fairly young team with a good amount of uh cap space and the opportunity to. It's like do it, go for it. That's what the Cubs did. Yeah, and look how that paid off for them. It's like go out there, spend what you need to spend, try to all in, and hope it works out. Now. Obviously, the Cubs situation was a little different in 2016 because they had a very comfortable lead. Oh, of course. This is definitely a, a little more of a high-risk play than mm-hmm. uh, than what the Cubs had to do at the trade deadline last time. But at the same time, it's like 
you have the opportunity, you have the team. Why wait? I think the clock's ticking a lot faster for the the Brewers than it is for any other team, mm-hmm. uh, especially one that can contend. Make use of it because you don't know how many years you're going to have of being able to ha- play this caliber of baseball, and you got to make the most of it. And like that's where it really the pressure comes down to the front office and the management and the coach. It's like. You need to make those right moves to really seize the opportunity when you get it. Mm-hmm. And they need to be the ones to jump out there and do that. And hopefully they can. Uh, obviously, I don't want to see them take the division, but I wouldn't mind. I, I'd want to see them play in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, the hell is it called? The wild card. Wild card. Jesus, I just totally <laughs> blinked on that. I, I think the Brewer, that, especially that Brewers team would be an interesting team to uh, to play in the wild card, especially with their offense that they've been having is they can go, they can score six or, uh, or, or more runs a bunch, but then they can also be held to just one run or less. It's happened 10 times so far for them this season, which is pretty impressive given the amount of games that have been played. And so obviously that's going to be scary for them. But if you're playing this well, if it's a close division, like it's going to be, Go all in. They may have made a mistake last year by not doing it. They have a better team this year. We'll see if they're able to hang around and stick with it. And maybe we'll see a central division that won't be called the NL Comedy Central like last year. (laughs) And something that'll be really a close race down the line. And so far, the first half has really lived up to those standards. It's been a fun race. First place has switched up and back more than a few times. And if the Cubs didn't get swept by the goddamn Reds, it probably would have been even closer for another point in time. And the Cubs may have, uh, uh, even have had a little one or two game lead over the Brewers. But both teams are playing well right now. We'll see if the Brewers can maintain it. I expect the Cubs to maintain this level of play. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't see a world where Milwaukee doesn't try to make a big blockbuster trade at the deadline. Like they have to try to do it. You have the team. You have the resources. Go for it. Don't final, don't wait and miss out. My final thought on it is is that I look at the rest of the teams that might be trying to sell starting pitching at the deadline, and I I look at the candidates. I mean, the White Sox could maybe sell James Shields. Uh, the Rays we've mentioned Chris Archer, uh, Nathan Evaldi's been doing really well down there too. I I don't think those guys are going to push you through a wild card game or even into a. Um, even into an LCS sort of thing. I I think if you're the Brewers, you know, you have the prospects. I mean, you have one, two, three, four. Four of your top six prospects are bats, and there's a couple of good arms in there too. You could get rid of maybe three of those guys, whoever the Mets are interested in. And I think if I were the Brewers, I'd go after DeGrom just because DeGrom's been having a great season, and he's got, I think, a little bit more control on his contract, and also he's been healthy, too, versus uh, Noah Syndergaard. He's actually hurt right now. Um, I don't remember if he's on the 10-day DL or what his um, status is, but um, I know that if I were the Brewers, I'm going in on Jacob DeGrom, no matter Yeah, really. And if the asking price is steep, you know what? Screw it. You might have to pay that price if you really want to go that far. And if I were the Mets, you know... It's a a very fine line. Yeah, to, but to really I... to really make the right play, and I, I I'm interested to see if the Brewers can do it. And I want an exciting uh, time at the end. It should be fun to see if like the Brewers can really bulk up at the deadline and 
make a real push at the Cubs. It should be fun and it should be exciting as long as they make the right moves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that'll really well, do it for the show. Uh, that's that's really it. There's not much newsworthy talking about just because no. of the fact that it's just been kind of a slow week and also... Um, well, the Cubs also, are playing well, so that's always fun. Well, yeah, they've and won hopefully six, they can keep it up. They've won six straight as we're recording this, although when this goes out and knowing the Reds seemingly jinking... Hey, it'll be out tomorrow us. morning, so... Our, yeah. our information is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I'm say, what I'm saying is like the Reds will probably jinx it and snap the the winning streak. So if that's the case, oh, yeah, you're I'm sure. before the game. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that they'll break our streak. Yes. There's no, there's no way they don't, which is the worst way of pretty much saying it. But I, I have full faith that the Reds will find a way to break the streak. <laughs> In Just some way, shape, or form. Yeah, in some way, in some way, shape, or form, they'll find a way to do it. But only time will tell for that. Hopefully, we get to see <laughs> another um, really impressive winning streak from the Cubs. Their offense, offense has been playing well. Their hitting has been hot, just as hot as the weather has been. It's going to cool down this weekend. Hopefully, it doesn't cool down the bats. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Any last words, Curtis? Uh, good luck working this weekend at the ballpark because uh, it's gonna be fun. I almost died on the fourth. I was gonna say, that's... and it, it's not supposed to be super hot, so you'll get a, a little bit of a break there, which will yeah, be really. nice. Yeah, I'm well, looking forward to that. In terms it of not be nice. sweating out all your liquid inside of you, you'll be fine. Yeah, that I staying hydrated was the hardest part about those few days, and it's just hard when. Yeah, I can imagine like if you're sitting there watching the game, you're sweating up a storm. I was carrying like this huge, like. 30 pound metal box that was reflecting the sun into my face it was awful it it just was not fun in any way shape or form but (laughs) that's besides the point (laughs) um that'll really do it though for this week yeah hopefully they can get the wins against the reds they need and hopefully the streak doesn't get broken we'll see you guys in a couple weeks yes thanks so much we'll we'll report back and Keep our mouths shut again, I guess, if it if it doesn't go well. <laughs> oh, thanks before, for listening, guys. Wait, wait, wait! Before we leave, before we leave, you have to follow us on social media. You have to stay up to date with all the latest episodes. So on Twitter, at one hundred eight bricks pod, you can oh, email yeah, the show at one hundred eight bricks podcast at gmail You can hit us up on Facebook there too. Just search one hundred eight bricks podcast, a Cubs podcast. You can follow me on Twitter as well if you want to. I'm Curtis K underscore Radio Dylan. Hi underscore I'm underscore Buck. And uh, that's where you can find more Cub stuff as we uh, go through the rest of our lives here and the rest of the baseball season. But like I said, thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for the love. And uh, we will see you next time. Yeah, see you guys next time.